You're listening to the Texas Standard. Lest you think things couldn't get more chaotic than they are in Washington these days, we refer you to what's happening across the pond. From the U.K. to France to Germany, the countries long considered the centerpiece of the European Union are anything but united behind their respective leaders. While most Americans were getting served a heavy dose of Cohen on the nightly news, the British government was steps away from a meltdown. Meanwhile, protests not entirely dissimilar from those which have brought down successive French republics now threaten to topple Monsieur Macron and the Chancellor of Germany, who's faced enormous blowback over her government's refugee policies, has announced she won't seek a fifth term, leaving in limbo an EU linchpin. Why all this disarray? What happens next, and what does it mean for us? For that, we're joined by Lawrence Rayday. He is lecturer at the LBJ School at the University of Texas at Austin, and he joins us now from Budapest. Uh, Professor, welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you. Let's begin in Britain. The vote yesterday in Parliament, conservative MPs, members of Prime Minister Theresa May's own party calling a no-confidence vote over Brexit, and she narrowly survives. What does this mean for Brexit and uh, beyond? Well, I'm not sure I'd call it a victory for Brexit in the sense that Brexit, I don't think, has any victories. There really are no good outcomes in the Brexit saga. There are just options for bad, worse, or terrible outcomes. Um, I think for Prime Minister May, um, she avoided being kicked out as Prime Minister, so she hangs on. But uh, I think we're still currently on track for one of the the worst outcomes in Brexit, which is a Brexit without any sort of deal, what um, experts have been calling a cliff edge Brexit, with all the drama that 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 actually invokes. And that would mean basically that the UK would pull out of the European Union with no formal agreements on what to do about some key issues like how to run finances, uh, borders, uh, uh, how to move people across those borders, that sort of thing. Exactly. I mean, in terms of details, it it can mean anything from people are talking about uh, food shortages that might come up in case um, customs slows down food deliveries to the UK too much to um, details like planes not being able to fly in and out of the country. So uh, an ideal Brexit would be bad. And, you know, just because Theresa May survived this no confidence vote, we're no closer to seeing any sort of majority for the negotiated um, Brexit deal that she had come back with. Uh, from Brussels. So I think in the House of Commons, we're basically back to where we were a week or two ago. Let's move across the channel because French President Macron faces a no-confidence vote today of his own, right? This is uh, after uh, major protests, violent protests in the streets of Paris over taxes. Correct. And I think, you know, that vote of no confidence needs to be seen in a different light. It's a very different animal from, from Theresa May's. The prime minister of uh, the UK faced a revolt from within her own party. Uh, Macron has the full confidence of his own party, um, and the vote of no confidence was tabled by the by the far left. So I think there's a very, very slim chance that a vote of no confidence would pass anyway. And even if it did, France has a presidential system, so Macron would stay in power. It's just his government, his prime minister, and his cabinet would have to quit. But I think you're right that in terms of the protests, it's, a, it's an interesting moment because this is a very wide-ranging protest against Macron and his policies. And I think, interestingly, Unlike in previous instances, it's much harder to placate these protesters because they're much less well organized. This is a much more spontaneous uprising against these policies by, by Emmanuel Macron. And therefore, um, unlike previous protests, which were usually led by trade unions with very specific demands, I think these protests have a chance of continuing on. In fact, uh, for this Saturday, um, the French government is preparing for, for even more protests to continue. And longtime German Chancellor Angela Merkel says she's going to be leaving soon. It's not clear where that country is going to be going next politically. What does all this mean for Texas? 
I think what it really shows is that uh, Europe is in disarray. And I think this is contributing to volatility. And that matters for two reasons for Texas. The first is economic and the second is political. Uh, economically, obviously, anytime there's this much chaos, stock markets might be spooked. But even more importantly, Texas exports $27 billion worth of goods to the EU annually. It's almost 10% of our exports. So a recession in uh, in Europe can really hurt that demand. And second, politically, Brexit is also a sign, I think, and all these other uh, events we've been talking about are a sign of rising nationalism in Europe. Everybody's looking inwards. Everybody's trying to solve their own problems individually. And just remember, anytime we see rising nationalism in Europe, that usually doesn't end well. Whether we look back to World War One, World War Two, the wars in the Balkans in the 90s, anytime we really have an upsurge in nationalism in Europe, oftentimes the U.S. is forced to intervene. So this is actually a real consequence to Americans and to Texans. That's Lawrence Rede. He is lecturer at the LBJ School at the University of Texas at Austin, a specialist on European politics. Professor Rede, thanks so much for speaking with us. You're welcome.